Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the OIF podcast. Monica here. Happy February, everybody. New month, new theme, and so much new energy is upon all of us. So here at, at OIF at Life, our new theme for this month is motivation. We actually set up this theme a few months ago because we were thinking what happens usually after the new year hits, right? A lot of times the new year comes and we're super excited for intentions and resolutions. And especially now too, right? As we are still in the pandemic and really needing hope more than ever to just keep going as we get through it. And and hopeful that this year marks a change with the pandemic. But yeah, so we were thinking, okay, what, what's a good uh, thing to for it to for to come after January? And our theme for January was uh, transition. So we thought motivation. Motivation is the theme because sometimes that can be the hardest challenge, especially as you embark in a new journey and a new goal, perhaps a new business project, or perhaps you have some wellness goals that you'd like to meet. And sometimes just that daily routine is the most important and yet the most challenging thing to cultivate. And I, as I sit here and as I reflect on my life so far, I will say that the moment that I was able to increase in discipline when it came to myself and taking care of myself, then that, that ripple effect really added to all the other areas in my life. Because I think especially in the US, we have this culture of work and almost putting the things that are good for us last. I've been guilty of it. And I know I have folks in my life too, where it's so easy to put food last, even having fun and all that. But really all of that does matter for your well-being. But I think just beginning to have a daily routine that fits you and who you are, and then just creating good time management. And of course, this can be a challenge and sometimes easier said than done. And of course, there's days where perhaps it's not going to look the same. And I think that's where it's so important to stay flexible. For me, 
yoga has and continues to be my pillar that helps me create a lot of harmony with my mind, body, and soul. And, and by having a good routine with yoga, it helps me to then be able to be there in other areas in my life as full and as present as I can. I've been practicing Ashtanga yoga now for five years. I actually reached my five-year anniversary this past January, and it's been a beautiful relationship. I started practicing yoga about 10 years ago now. So going to various vinyasa classes, other yoga classes you might see in gyms and what have you. But I reached a big turning point when Ashtanga came into my life. And I've actually had my my friend, yoga teacher, Carrie Sobek, on the show before. And that was really wonderful. We, we did that last year. So if you're curious to look back in the archives. But anyway, Ashtanga for me, like, like again, like I said, has and continues to be the thing that really helps me to come back to me. So traditionally, yoga is practiced, Ashtanga yoga is practiced in the morning. And the interesting thing about Ashtanga is that it actually empowers the person to really learn the various poses. And there's three primary, there's three series uh, within Ashtanga. And there's primary, secondary, and second, and then third. I'm in, in primary still, but hey, and all is all good. But again, the idea isn't about reaching the finish line, right? It's about becoming extremely present with each pose. And as you move along and as you grow in the postures, and at that point, that's when the teacher will be will come in and tell you, all right, it's time for you to learn the next pose. So when you go into an Ashtanga practice class, usually called Mysore, uh, named after Mysore, India, you'll see everybody at a different point. Everybody is doing everyone you're not going to see two people at the same time doing the same pose usually and I find it so symbolic of life right because we're literally all on our own path my life is not going to look like your life and your life is not going to look like your best friend's life we may all have similarities and common interests but at the end of the day you are on your path and I think especially too in Western culture, the pressure that we can feel of, hey, by a certain age, you got to be doing this and other cultures too, but I can speak more so for Western and that can create so much anxiety and pressure and even the anxiety and pressure that can come with a new year of being like, man, it's February 1st, it's February 2nd and I haven't done X, Y, and Z. So I think a big thing is, bring compassion and flexibility to your goals while still knowing where you're going. And I heard this really neat thing the other day about really seeing your goal as the North Star. You may have an idea of the steps to get to your destination, but life is going to happen and life will come in and add some twists and turns. But just because that happened doesn't mean that you lose sight of where you're headed. And the other day, we actually had a team retreat with our new interns and we had some guest speakers and we actually invited Rafael Soto, co-founder of Proto 101, a high quality sustainability clothing brand. And he's actually also been on the podcast before. And I loved just having him back, not only because of the impact 
his company is having such a positive impact on the planet, but also just how inspiring he is. And he talked about this Buddhist practice that he does. And he did mention this too, originally on the podcast episode that he was with me. What he does is just he names his goals based on the age that he would like to reach something by, but at the same time, having the flexibility that life is going to happen. And what he does is that he chants about it. So he'll chant throughout the day for whatever he's trying to get to. And then he talks about how subconsciously that's coming into your mind. So how inadvertently decisions you're going to make are going to help you get there, even if you're not fully conscious of it, because our subconscious mind is so powerful. It's arguably statistically more powerful than our conscious mind. So really allowing ourselves to kind of help us reprogram but in a way that is helpful for our lives and our future. And then he talked about how he's always been able to meet his goals by doing this method, of course. And then I also, there's this term I heard a long time ago called inspired action. How things aren't going to happen usually all of a sudden. Of course, though, I do believe sometimes where universe will come in and just be like, bam, here you go. That does happen. But a lot of times we do need to be an active participant too for our goals to be reached. So it's, it's really cool. Rafael, again, he's one of the most inspiring people I've met. And just to hear the various practices that he does to make sure that not only he's meeting his goals, but he's also taking care of himself. And I think that's the bit, the beauty and one of the like life hacks is right in order to reach your goals and reach your own version of success taking care of yourself is literally a non-negotiable because we've, I've been there in my past and I've definitely seen others where I would work too hard and I would let myself go. And of course, what does that then happen? Health complications happen and that only deters you from being able to do what you love. So deriving motivation on the things that bring you strength, I find to be the most important thing. So if you don't already have a self-care practice, for me, it's yoga. For somebody else could be going to the gym, right? Whatever is your thing, doing that and creating goals that make sense for you and tensions that make sense for you. Perhaps it's starting off going two days a week, three days a week, but when you don't go, perhaps doing something else in the mornings that kind of helps you recalibrate, recenter, and also get out of your mind. Because as humans, we love our brain, maybe too much sometimes. And that's when sometimes a lot of friction can happen. And just coming back to our breath and doing these activities that help us tap into other parts of ourselves is so important. And using our body, especially now with so much increase in use of technology, it's so easy never to leave your house. And it's important though, because we still are animals and we still have these bodies that need to be moved. It's so important to create movement for ourselves. Again, whatever that might look like for you could be dancing, could be so many activities, but just whatever it is for you, just creating space to do that and finding that motivation. I was reminiscing a lot also thinking about when that first year the inception year of LYF, which was 2017 to 2018. That year, very few people knew about this project. It was literally like my parents that knew about it, my best friends, but that was it. 
I look back on it and it was such a sacred space to be in. And I remember I would often think about it as like I was watering the seed as I was developing it more and more. And the care and attention and respect that ideas really need and honoring your pace. I remember there were moments throughout that year because I, I started putting a lot of attention and creating the Love Yourself Foundation in September of 2017. That's when it really began. That's when the journey really started. Like up until then, it was just ideas floating. And then September 2017 came and boom, that was when everything changed. And then we ended up launching in July of 2018. But yeah, I remember there were many moments throughout the year I was like, man, I should be, it should be launched already. Like all of this chatter, but then also realizing, hey, like I really need to honor where I'm at. And during that year, I was learning mostly how to put myself first and how to really take care of myself because I never really had that discipline a lot prior to that. And that was during the time where I was teaching English in Spain and so my evenings were spent teaching and then on the daytime was spent for me time and LYF time, LYF creation time. But yeah, I now remember that time period so fondly because you're really getting so intimate with yourself on where you want the idea to head. A lot of times, a lot of it too was facing my own inner critic and revisiting that negative talk and sometimes like thoughts, oh, what if nobody likes this idea or, oh, there's already other things like this out there in the world. But then just the realization that, you know what, the way that I'm going to bring it and others that end up working with me on it, it's going to be unique in a way that it hasn't ever been done in this way, even if there are similar groups, right? And sometimes in my morning before yoga, I would spend it listening to motivational talks. That was big to because I had to become my own cheerleader a lot of times because at the end of the day, yeah, I could have support for my family, best friends and counselors, but really it was up to me to keep that motivation going and alive. And yeah. And I like, like I said, I look back at that time very fondly and you know what today I thought, what am I going to read? Cause I, I usually, when I'm on here alone, I love to read something and what came to mind, I was listening to a lot of Will Smith speeches back then. He has one where he talks about comparing your goals and, and everything to a brick wall, how every little bit counts to creating one wall. And then I just found this other one that helped me a lot too. And it's actually called How to Face Fear. So I'm going to show a little clip and of, of this speech. And I hope it helps you. It's funny. And I think it's really real and authentic. And this helped me a lot because Will Smith is such a well-known actor. And I think sometimes when folks are, get so famous, we forget that they're human too and that they've had to go through their own challenges and, and everything. So I hope this helps you as it did help me. Here we go. Just fear play into preventing us from grasping perspective though oh no fear is everything yeah like if if there's if there was one uh concept that i would um suggest to people to take a daily confrontation with is fear um the 
the, the problem with fear is that it lies, right? So fear tells you, hey, you know, if, if you say that to that girl, she's going to know she has you, you know, and she'll <laughs> never really be attracted to you <laughs> if she knows how much you attracted to her. <laughs> Don't say that, no. How we get her is when she walks by, ignore her. Right. <laughs> right, it's a you know, it's like pop it on your shoulder. Fear tells you dumb <laughs> shit like that, right? <laughs> you know, so you know, for for me, the the daily confrontation um, with with fear has become a real practice for me since about three three years ago. Um, I went uh, I went skydiving in Dubai, right? And skydiving, skydiving is a really interesting confront with fear, right? <laughs> so, so I got I got to stand up. I'm sorry, I got to stand up. I got to stand up. All right. So, so all your friends, what happens? You Hold go this. out how you Oh, sorry. Oh, I dropped my thing. Yeah. So, what happens is you go out the night before and you you know, you take a drink with your friends and somebody says, "Yeah, we should go skydiving tomorrow." And you go, yeah, we'll go skydiving tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And you go, yeah. And everybody goes, yeah. Right? And you go home, and you by yourself, you're like, mm. <laughs> right? And you're like, well, I mean, they, they was drunk, too. <laughs> right? So, so maybe, maybe they not, maybe, maybe, I mean, we don't have to go. We don't have to do it. <laughs> so then that night, you're laying in your bed, and you just keep, <laughs> And you're terrified. You keep imagining over and over again jumping out of an airplane, and you can't figure out why you would do that, right? And you're laying there, and you have the worst night's sleep of your life, but you still have the hope that your friends were drunk, right? <laughs> so you wake up the next day, and you go you know, down, and you say where you were going to meet, and everybody's there. You're like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, cool, 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 right? So you get in the van, and you don't know that your friends had the same night that you had because they're pretending like they didn't. They're like, yeah, man, my uncle's a Navy SEAL, and you know, this is going to be great. I've been looking forward to this. And you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And your stomach is terrible. You can't eat and everything, but you don't want to be the only punk who doesn't jump out of this airplane. So you get there, and then you have the safety brief. And you're standing there, and the guys will tell you, well, if the chute doesn't open, what's going to happen as you're doing you? Well, well why the hell, would, why, what could happen? <laughs> that the chute, the chute wouldn't open, right? So you do a thing, and what you do is your first jump, you're attached to a guy who is going, you know, he's going to walk you out. So you go, and you get there, and there's an airplane, and nobody's stopping. Everybody's still going. So you get onto the airplane, and you're sitting there, and, and you know, it's extra because you're sitting on some dude's lap, some stranger. <laughs> He's sitting on his lap, and it's like, you know, you're trying to make small talk. Yeah, man. You know. So you do, you'd be, you'd be jumping with people all the time, huh? You know. Right, you know. So, and then you just want to make sure, you, know, you, got, you got kids, right? You got people you need to see, right? You just want to make sure he's serious, right? So you get in there, so everything's normal. So you fly, and you go up, you go up, you go up, you go up to 14,000 feet, and you notice there's a, a, a light, it's red, and it's yellow and green, right? So right now the light's red. So then you start thinking at some point the light's going to go green, but you don't know what's going to happen, right? And you wait, and it goes yellow, and the light goes green, and somebody opens the door, and in that moment you realize you've never been in a freaking airplane with the door open. <laughs> right? Terror. Oh, sorry, I'm spitting. I'm spitting. <laughs> 
sorry. No, terror, 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 right? So you go, and then, you know, if, you're, if you were smart, you sat in the back so you don't go first, right? And then people start going out of the airplane. And you go, and the guy walks you up to the end of the thing, and you're standing, and your toes are on the edge, and you're looking out down to death. <laughs> and they say, on three. And they say, one, two. And he pushes you on two because people grab on three, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And you go, <laughs> and you fall out of the airplane, and in one second, you realize that it's the most blissful experience of your life. You're flying, right? It doesn't feel like falling, right? It's like the, you actually are kind of held a little bit by the wind. And then you start, and you, you start falling, you're falling, and you, there's zero fear. You realize that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. It's bliss. It's bliss, and you're flying, <laughs> right? And you're doing that, and then 20 seconds, 25 seconds, 40 seconds, and you have enough time to just kind of be like, oh, shit, that's that building. I saw like that one. <laughs> oh, you can see the ocean. <laughs> right? You start doing all of that, and the, the lesson for me was, why were you scared in your bed the night before? Why did you, what do you need that fear for? Just don't go. Why are you scared in your bed 16 hours before you jump? Why are you scared in the car? Why could you not enjoy breakfast? What, 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 what did you need? To, the fear is fear of what? You're nowhere even near the airplane. Everything up to the stepping out, there's actually no reason to be scared. It only just ruins your day. You're, you don't have to jump. And then in that moment, all of a sudden, where you should be terrified is the most blissful experience of your life. And God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in life. You know? So that was, that was sorry. So that was, no, it's good. That was it. Yeah, that was, that was my right. experience with, uh, with skydiving and fear. All right. All right. So, so pract practically speaking. But I didn't like that take. I'm going to do it again. Back to the top. <laughs> I can sell that better. I can sell it better. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> when, when you decide to do something like that, like how does it work practically? Do you call your wife and be like, I might be dead tomorrow. Right. No, but that's... But I you made know, a drunk just, promise. Yeah, yeah, I made a drunk promise. Yeah. Here, how about this? So I jumped. I had such a mystical, powerful, spiritual experience. I flew home and got my sons, and I went back, and 10 days later, my sons jumped, right? Yeah. Now, that was a little different. Hold on a second. That makes me stand out, right? Because <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared, right? So... It was one, so Jaden went first, right? Jaden wants to do everything first. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, my sons are gonna have this crazy experience. And then Jaden went out of the airplane. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> then my oldest son, Trey, goes up and he goes out of the airplane. And I was like, this could potentially be the worst display of African-American parenting in history. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, both my sons just <laughs> fell out of an airplane. 
jump, right? jump, jump, right? Because I told him to. And the, but again, the fear again. I was like, oh my god. So I told the dude, I was like, listen, I want to see them go out, but I also want to see them land. And he's like, no, it's cool. So this time we went out and we did the straight bullet, and I just went straight down past them, right? I was like. <gasps> And he's like, good, good. <laughs> right, did the bullet straight past, pulled the chute late. I'm oh, sorry, this makes me spit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pulled the chute late, landed, and then videoed them coming down. But it was like, they had the same thing, the same experience with the fear. But that, that I'm telling you, the confrontation with fear is an absolute um, magical way of facing the things we have to do in this life, you know? Forget security, live for experience, right? So with that, every, every morning when I, when I get out of the bed, you know, I, the, I haven't fixed everything in the world yet, so there's always something to do. And uh, in this film, I read a, an interesting quote, um, for the uh, Siddhartha uh, Gautama, the, the Buddha, he said um, that um, good people have to get out of the bed every day and try to empty the ocean with a ladle, mm -hmm. right? And I thought that was, you know, I, I knew that was profound, and I paused for a second, and I said, all right, what the hell is a ladle, right? <laughs> right, so then, you know, I just, I touched it on my iPad, it's ladle. Oh, it's like a big spoon, a big spoon, okay. As we it's say, like Philly. a soup spoon, yeah, <laughs> it's like a soup spoon. I was like, why are you a soup spoon? So trying to empty the ocean, with a soup spoon, you know, as the, the mentality of how you, you wake up every day to try to do good yeah. in, in the world. So for me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really driven by continually trying to um, elevate, my, elevate my mind and elevate my spirit and care for my body and um, to be able to love as many people as effectively as, as possible with this mystery of life that I've been given. So that was it. I hope that made you laugh and brought also some just some very realness to what it means to be alive. And it is a constant dance because we have so many fears. And at the end of the day, fear is trying to help. If we go back into like our primal instincts, fear a lot of times in our past and before when we had more hunter-gatherer societies was to protect us from not being killed by an animal. On a primal level, fear is good. It definitely can, it helps you stay alive. But what's happened now as we've gotten into this modern society is that our fear has also evolved in ways where it can also hold us back, right? From doing things that we want to do, trying new things. So it really is a dance of seeing okay is this a rational fear to have and then if it's not if it comes if it's more like various fears that we may experience the societal fears of trying something new of meeting people it's challenging that fear understanding it realizing it and overcoming it quick little story before i sign off as i'm reflecting is it's interesting the more that we do this the stronger we become with facing these types of fears. As I've mentioned many times in my past, I faced a lot of panic attacks and really understanding anxiety and 
healing it and like I said, understanding it. So when I was going through though, I ended up being so proud of myself whenever I would face it and I was able to calm myself down. So then I started noticing social anxiety. And I'm sure a lot of us experience this or have. And I remember there was this instance, I was in Spain and to be honest, there was this really cute guy and at this store that I would often go to. And I thought to myself, well, I've always wanted to talk to him. Why shouldn't I? What's like the worst that could happen? He just doesn't want to talk to me. So I built up courage and I thought to myself, you know what? Like I even, I even went to a cafe. I went to a cafe and I was like giving myself pep talks. I was like, Monica, you have overcome panic attacks. You can go talk to this person. <laughs> so I ended up doing that. I walked back to the store and I went up to him and I said, hey, like I'm, I visited Sovia a lot but I'm trying to get to know more people. Do you happen to have know anything happening tonight or anything like that? He ends up inviting me out. He's like, yeah, I'm actually going to go out with friends tonight to see an art gallery and hang out. You should totally come. So then I went and I ended up meeting two people that day that have actually become some of my closest friends in Spain. And I consider them as like soul fam. And it's funny, I actually... That was actually like the last time I even saw the guy that initially I wanted to talk to, but it led me to create these relationships with these two really important people in my life now that whenever I'm in Spain, like that, those are like my go-to people to be with and hang out. And so it's so true what Will Smith, Will Smith says in his video that there's so much bliss on the other side of fear. And again, it's understanding the fears, right? From the rational ones to, excuse me, the the ones that are holding us back from situation, feeling rejection and really understand what is the worst that can happen if I am rejected. My, I'm still going to be alive. I still, we can start counting your blessings in that moment of I'm still, I still have X, Y, and Z going for me. And the same thing when pursuing like a new project, whether it's a new business uh, or new, a new what endeavor, it's like, would I regret more not trying? And if that's a yes, then that means you got to go for whatever that new thing is that you're trying to venture into. But yeah, I think that's it. So I hope this episode has helped you. It was really fun for me to revisit these memories. But yeah, I wish everybody a beautiful February. Be gentle with yourselves. Stay kind to yourselves as you endeavor into new projects or meeting new people, whatever it is that you're venturing out to. And remember that it's your journey. Honor your journey. And that's the beauty. You are creating your life every day. And it's really the ride that that counts. Sending everybody lots of love, peace, and joy. Until next time.